Connected Conversations for Creatives, a place for creatives like you to learn, grow, and connect. I'm your host, Jennifer Carr. Imagine weaving tales that transcend words where art meets narrative to form a unique storytelling alchemy. Our guest today is a master of this craft, a true luminary in the realm of comic book creation, crafting characters that leap from the page, worlds that pulse with life, and stories that linger long after the final panel. Today's guest is an architect of dreams, a maestro of ink and imagination, and a trailblazer in the world of comic book creation. What's more, her journey is a fusion of artistry and entrepreneurship. With a twist that sets her apart and on the stage where dreams take flight and possibilities are limitless, she's harnessed the dynamic power of crowdfunding to launch her creative visions into the world. As we dive into the different depths of creativity, we'll uncover the challenges faced by independent authors and artists to explore how comic books, one of many mediums, and crowdfunding are reshaping the landscape of modern storytelling. I'm excited to introduce a visionary storyteller who defies convention by painting her tales with a palette of mediums from inks to pixels, Carissa Grant. So welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. That is like the best introduction I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Well, you should like, just put it everywhere. Be like, look, this is me. <laughs> I'm like, is this me? Because this sounds awesome. Um, I'm <laughs> it's you. To, like, hire you to do like a trailer for an advertisement. Because you were just like, if I ever come out the movie, you're going to do the trailer. Like, it'll be like, perfect. perfect. Like, I'm, like, I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, then. <laughs> oh, I sound I awesome. It. Thank you. <laughs> you are awesome. Listen, when I looked at your stuff, I mean, I, I emailed you back immediately. It was like, this is hysterical. Like, this is fantastic. And I saw like this much of it. And so I was like, yeah, yeah. this this is going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, um, it's a very, uh, a very long story. <laughs> okay, um, well, tell us you to who are you? How'd you get there? Where'd you go from? Um, you know, all that. So I am Carissa Grant. I created Worthy Chaos. I am the writer and creator. Um, I hired an artist um, who is phenomenal, Jonas DaCosta. Um, he, this is his first paid job. This is my first comic thing. So this is, it worked out really good. Um, and um, how it all started was I was a role player. So um, I'm not sure if you know what a role player is, but I was an online role player. Uh, if you know Resident Evil 2 at all, I was Claire Redfield for 15 years um and uh, during that time i came up with the idea for an angelic uh weapon that had the power of souls so i it was really weird i can't remember the exact moment but i remember reading about this angel called ramel who um used to judge the souls on uh earth and bring them to heaven and my brain's like well what does he do just put them in his pocket like it was kind of like a joke so i'm like um i'm gonna create this little device that he stores all these souls in and and uh, this weapon contains these souls, but if anyone else gets the hand on it, it's got all the power of souls. So it's a very powerful weapon. Um, and so that I held on to that idea for 11 years. And then I met my um, co-writer as a role player. So the thing that's very unique about our story is, so I write the story and I write everything Serafina, her thoughts, her, you know, her, um, you know, her speech and her actions, whatever. However, my co-writer does the, um, the voice and the thoughts of Draven, uh, the male counterpart. Um, so when you're reading it, you have two different personalities that you're reading. Uh, I'm not the good of a writer. They are two different people. <laughs> so, <That's awesome. laughs> yeah. so it's a little bit different. It has a little unique, um, you know, thing to it. And um, it's kind of cool because you could tell it, it reflects the writer. Like, my character talks way more than she thinks and that would be me and my co-writer's character thinks way more than he talks um so it, it fits perfectly and and what's nice about it is 
we wrote it as novels at first because it was for fun. So it wasn't intentional. Um, and then we wound up with 11 novels and I was like, maybe we should do something with this. <laughs> so it fit really well with comics, you know, like it, the way we wrote, because the way I have to write mine and then they write for Draven, it's um, a little, you can't really just release it as a book, you know, plus I'm not going to lie. I'm not that good of a writer. I'm an amazing storyteller. But, you know, I don't do the really fancy words and all that. Yeah, um, it hurts my brain to do this. I could do it. I tried it for like one hour and I was like, forget this. Um, so, <laughs> so my writing goes perfect with comics. You know, it explains, it tells a great story. Um, it doesn't fit the novel rules, but uh, it just works really perfectly. So for this series, there is 50 issues written for this series one. So um, we have a bit of a lot written. Um, we're still writing. Uh, I wrote, um, so this one has 50 and we have a spinoff that has 45 issues uh, that's already written. So you have these two complete stories, same characters, um, but uh, two completely different stories. One's like a what if. Um, and uh, for this story, it's uh, you, you, um Buffy the Vampire Slayer meets Supernatural in Silent Hill in the Resident Evil world. Um, so it's got all these really cool elements and and monsters. And uh, uh, I th so we have the five books and they're set up. Um, so book one, which we're at the, this would be issue seven is out, equals book one. So we have seven issues for book one um, and they're all connected. All the books are connected um but they go into like different environments so book one is this town that's merging with hell and they're trying to survive against their two fathers so she's an angel descendant and he's a demon descendant so the angel and the demon are trying to get them and they're trying to take back this angelic weapon that she was created from and if they get it it can tip the scales of the war of heaven and hell in either's favor and her father actually has another reason but he's using the war as an excuse to get it so <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> so I could say it is never boring. <laughs> so like, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. A lot happens, but in my defense, it's in the name it says chaos right there in the name. Um, I will say that uh, the title represents her. So uh, it started as a joke. Um, she always feels like a burden because her angelic blood attracts like negative, you know, creatures and monsters and everything. And she always feels bad for Draven and Draven's like, you're worth it. You're always worth it. So she would be the worthy cast. So that's oh. where the name is. So there's a little <laughs> love story in there too. <laughs> yeah, I would say it's like Romeo and Juliet in hell. <laughs> ah, hey, yeah, well, they probably that. felt like it was hell. Yeah, I love yeah. that. I'm a, yeah. I'm a romance writer, so I'm all about it. Let's get that in there wherever we can. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's, that's actually the underlying. Like, it's hard to say that that is the you know, the whole, uh, you, you can't tell people, oh, it's a romance story, but it's a horror. It's kind of hard to point that out. Um, but what it is at its basic core is a love story because you have these two soulmates that have actually lived multiple lives together, but they always forget. They have no memory of the last lives. They just always feel connected to each other. And we are working on a prequel so you can kind of see those lives. Um, and you can see where the weapon was created. You can see the father is feud and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of depth to the story, but, um, the main, the main thing is these two people love each other so much that you get to see the limits of what they would go. You know, what would you do for the person you love more than anything? Um, and the limit's pretty high. 
that's the best way that's when you know like that's true love right there (laughs) yeah and and um they they do finally I got yelled at uh by my letterer once um because you know in the very beginning of the story um if you don't mind me giving a little synopsis of what happens in the very beginning so at the very beginning you see kind of a flashback of them as teenagers that they were planning to run away from their abusive parents um and the night they were supposed to run away uh draven had to leave to get a weapon to get her away from her father Uh, and while he was gone her brother was possessed by a demon and killed her parents she walked in on it and he turns and attacks her so the first thing she does is call draven and says don't come here my brother's trying to kill me which of course is the first thing draven does (laughs) yeah so she jumps out the back window critically injured Draven comes in the front door, slips on her blood, calls her name. She's outside, turns around, gets hit by a car. So now she's taken to another city where no no ID, no nothing. She's in a coma for months and he's arrested for her murder. And they give him the deal that if you, which there are some strings that might have planned all this. Um, but they took him and said, uh, if you want to be trained as an assassin in our army, then you don't have to go to jail. So for 10 years, they each thought the other one was dead. Um, and Serafina trained as a supernatural hunter to get revenge on her brother for, for taking Draven away. And Draven's just off doing whatever he does. And I will give a little hint that, so when they're apart, he's a lot more deadly because they share a soul and it's Serafina's soul that they share. So when they're apart, it's like, there's a time in the prequel where all of this started and Draven actually went dark and actually got like, he had to be taken down by angels and sent to hell and they were separated and all this stuff. Um, So you have this, you know, cold hearted killer that wants nothing to do with anything. So they, the angels, um, when Draven came closer to where she was, their, their soul set off an alert to all the angels and demons because he had the weapon in his hand. She had given it to him as a present. So when the, the the angels and demons got alerted to it, they actually tricked the two of them to be trapped in the town. Um, and then they, they, they merged the town with hell so that now they have to try to get the weapon from them because the weapon is pretty much useless when they're separated, which they found out in the last life because they had tried that trick and it didn't work. So now they have to be together. The weapon has to be activated and then they can get it from her. So um, we had to make it more difficult for them. <laughs> Well, of course. I mean, okay. what is it without a challenge? <laughs> right. um, so now they're trapped in this hell town. And what I was uh, saying when before I got ADD, um, you know, my letter is like when they, they they meet up for the first time after 10 years, shouldn't they like be kissing and like happy go lucky? And I'm like, no, they like she thinks it's a trick because of demons. He thinks it's a nightmare. You know, he's like, nope, I'm going to wake up and you're going to be gone and I'm going to be all alone and suffer and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then like four seconds later, they're attacked by an entire town of ghosts. So they didn't really have time to do it anyway. Um, they actually don't even get a kiss till uh, issue five. And everyone's like, when are they going to kiss? I'm like, issue five. I'm sorry. Um, and now that we're at issue seven, seven tells explains all of the hints we gave through the last six issues you know all the things that people are like why do they do that and why is that happening and why is anubis running around destroying things um we explain why and then we give you a hundred more questions because that's the fun part of it all um <laughs> but we do like explain some of the things going on and then at the end of seven it leaks into uh book two which is them trapped in a haunted asylum where there's ghosts zombies and and um giant salamanders on the ceiling kind of like liquors from resident evil um and now they're trapped in there and they have to find their way out and then it goes like that um so in 
issues one through seven, it's kind of like a survival love story. You know, they're ch- they're being chased by hellhounds and zombies and ghosts and all these things. And Anubis, Anubis is very popular. This is my emotional support, Anubis. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we have. I have been called the queen of merch because my Kickstarter has everything, like everything. <laughs> so we have um, Anubis plushies. We have um, skeleton bird plushies. We have uh, merman plushies, zombie merman plushies. Um, and it hasn't arrived yet, but it will by the time um, Seven's uh, campaign starts. Um, we have a hellhound plushie. So um, yeah. And the hellhound kind of gives some personality to Anubis because in book four, um, this this hellhound that got, got kicked, it used to be a leader of the pack got kicked out by the demon. Um, he brings a stick to Anubis and Anubis throws it and then it brings it back. So they're actually playing fetch and Anubis doesn't know what's going on, but the hellhound's thrilled. Um, so in the rest of the issues, the hellhound just kind of follows him. Sometimes he's got a stick in his mouth and he's just like waiting to play. And, and then this whole thing, the Anubis is just like, I'm kind of busy here. Um, but uh, he he kind of, it's kind of like his adopted little hellhound. So they have a little personality. That's fantastic. Okay. So first of all, I love how absolutely passionate you are about your story Um, (laughs) because, well, because that means that you are willing to invest in it. So that's that for starters, just thank you. Like I'm already excited and I'm like, I haven't even read the whole first one yet. And like, I'm kind of thinking this is on my list of things to do this week, kind of whatever. Um, Like who needs to work, whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, Yeah. yeah. Definitely, definitely over exaggerated. We're totally overrated. Um, secondly, do you design the plushies or like where's where do those come from? You do that? So I design it and um somebody um her name is uh down home textiles and she makes them all by hand. So like he's got all these little you know gems and stuff. He has the little staff that he holds in his hand. Um, and I will tell anybody because I've been told Anubis is not bad. He is not bad. He's being controlled by the angel with a remote control. Um, and you can kind of see it. He's holding it all the time and they don't really say it until later, but you could see it. It says Anubis on in runes. Um, and so fortunately, um, Anubis does help to push out of it. And then they use the poor hellhound against him. So it's kind of like yeah i know he finally like fights through the remote and they're like well we're gonna stuff your hellhound and he's like what so yeah so he doesn't talk he does growl and mumble and he's he's kind of like i am group kind of thing going on so yeah i know some men like that it is what it is it's not a, it's not a stretch at all no it's no. not no. oh my gosh okay so my kid is an avid like she's a creator she draws characters non-stop like non-stop and she gives them backstories and careers and all this stuff and it's probably awesome. like one a day i know and i'm not just saying that she's good because she's my kid like she is legit i look at her stuff and i think how do you even make that happen? Like, that's just not, I'm, that is not my talent. I give me the words all day long. Give me the words. Um, but when I asked her, like, she was telling me the story and I was like, I can picture that as a comic book. When are you going to make it a comic book? And she just kind of looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, okay, so clearly I don't know what it takes to write a comic book. You know, that's my bad. Um, so I imagine based on her response and, and just thinking about the details that go into what you're talking about, you know, one much less a series of them has to be so time consuming so like how do you typically talk talk about that process like where does where did it start and how do you get to the end of a comic book so um like i said we wrote it straight through not thinking about a comic book so we have it in novel form i have to convert it to scripts which is exhausting um and 
like a naive person, I do remember muttering the words, how hard can it be? Which <laughs> the dumbest thing I could have possibly have said. It is very hard. It is extremely hard. It's extremely expensive. Um, and uh, you would never know how expensive it is. Now, I will say, um, not to toot my own horn, um, because anyone could do it if they feel like going into debt, feel free. Um, but in, so it's been one, Halloween will be one year. And in one year, we got seven issues released, which in indie comics is very, very rare. Usually it's two to three, but we had to be a psychopath because I I, ha- I was so obsessed with seeing these. I was like, I need more. Like, I need more pages. Give me more pages. Um, and we are we are getting it released as a hardcover. So, uh, you know, like it all. So you can have issues one through seven together. It's 228 pages. Um and uh, yeah, it's very daunting. And it's so funny because when I decided to make this, I literally jumped into it. I decided let's make a comic book. And and the second I thought of it, it seemed like the most amazing idea in the world. I hired an artist and then I went to bed writing to my co-writer saying, I don't know how to do a script. <laughs> and my co-writer was like, you'll figure it out. I was like, I hope so. Um, so I woke up, watched a uh, YouTube video on how to write a script. And um, when I finished it, which I did it in like, I think I did in like a three days, four days, something. Um, the letter was like, did you want to see any of the art or did you just want all dialogue? And I was like, oh, so magically I had two scripts because I had to see, I had to stretch them out so that you could see the art. And um, yeah, so there's, there's things I didn't think about when I was doing it. And when you're writing a story, like a novel, you know, you could be in a room doing whatever. And then suddenly you're like, oh, there's a dagger on the table. That's all I need. No. And the comic books, you have to go like back five pages and figure out where that where that dagger is. And then you also don't know how much the author or the, the, the artist the artist is gonna draw. So you're like, well, if you're gonna show this, this has to be there. Um, so it, it does get a little bit co- more complicated. Um, but when you see like the finished work, it's just like that's my character. Um and it's it's so it's so great to see it and uh, every time i get a uh, i mean i still get pages so every time i get a pages it's like that i uh, you know adrenaline rush and the dopamine hit like oh there's a page um and we were doing edits today on uh, on the hardcover and all that and um i was like this is when i'm looking at the pages is like that panel looks great i don't remember it looking so good so like I, I i've stared at these for hours and i still miss like certain things um, for example, all of our issues, which is very daunting to think of, of which ones go in which, have Easter eggs from like a horror movie, an, a game, uh, an urban legend. Um, like issue one, when you go back and read it, you have to find the crocodile in the sewer. So um, that is, no one ever sees it until I say it. And then they blatantly find like, that's right there. Um, but the story behind that is, you know, Resident Evil 2, mm-hmm. the game? Okay, so there's a crocodile in the sewer scene. And the the really weird thing was when I was a teenager, I saw this commercial and it was like, I kid you not, three seconds. This crocodile comes out, snaps at Leon, and that's it. That's all it took for me to go out and buy PlayStation 1 to buy to rent this game and try to play it. Um, and then, so that's my homage to my my own, um, you know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for this crocodile that, that uh, tried to eat Leon. Um, so yeah, so you could see you could see that in, in issue two. There's the uh typewriter from Resident Evil 2 that you always have to save on. Not Resident Evil 2, all the Resident Evils. Uh and then we have like 90s 
and 80s movies like Nightmare on Elm Street, the sweaters there somewhere in one of the issues and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, we like to put the little details in there. So, yeah, The details can make it, especially when you start developing a fan base. You know, that's what they live for. That's what they look for. They're like, hey, <laughs> where, where, where is it? And they read a little bit more closely and they read it over and over again to find it. Yeah, it's like, don't don't forget to put it in or they'll just make one up. Um, that's true. <laughs> and they have to go back and find it and all that fun stuff. So, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. So have you had the same artist for the whole series that you've done so far? Yes. And I told him he has no choice but to stay forever. Um, <laughs> actually, he really does love the story. Um, I'm still paranoid because I'm just like, you know, he's getting more popular because I'm trying to push him out there. And I'm just like, I hope you don't leave because I'm trying to get you work. Um, but yeah, he's he loves the story. He's not just a paid artist. He's, he's part of the team. And um, I'm very very lucky to have him because um not only does he do it all um he's super fast i mean he's like we can we can get an issue done in like eight weeks so it's like super fast yeah um and it's nice to have somebody that's like passionate about the story you know like he went away for 30 days and my husband's like do not bother him while he's on vacation i was like fine so like i didn't bother him you know because an idea pops in your head and you're like oh and they're like no i can't all right fine um but he went away like in two weeks in he's like i know i'm on vacation but i can't wait to get back and draw this and i was like see i knew it um and then he was like counting down like 10 more days to go um so i was like just enjoy your vacation but hurry the hell home because i need pages Um, (laughs) right (laughs) it's such an addiction like he's ruined weekends for me because he doesn't work weekends and i was like i need pages like i need a patch for the page on a weekend oh it's some strong stuff i tell you but yeah that's all but that's just because you love what you do like that's that's me too there were there was a point where you know the first book that I wrote, I couldn't put it down. Like I had to keep writing and, you know, two o'clock in the morning. And it's like, I shouldn't have words at two o'clock in the morning, but yeah. I had a lot of words at two o'clock oh. in the morning. Cause they just kept coming, you know, yeah. that's just how it works. So when I was doing, um, so I don't ever think ahead, like a normal person should. Um, so like, I didn't really have an ending for like the spinoff. Um, and to, to explain the spinoff a little bit, since I explained the beginning of the 10 years they were missing, this is just not really stupid. We were so in love with our characters that we felt guilty that we took those 10 years away. So we were like, what's a what if where we can get back those 10 years? So we said, what if Draven never left to get a weapon and there just happened to be a weapon near him so that he didn't have to leave? That way they can run away together. So the funny thing about it, at first it started as a joke and I was thinking, well, how hard can it be? Again, those words, how hard can it be? Um, They're just, you know, whatever. But then I realized that they're still being chased by everything on the planet, but now he's not trained as an assassin and she's not trained as a supernatural hunter and they don't even know they exist. So, so you have these two teenagers and you get to see them turn into these fighters. Like she's such a wuss, no offense to her, but she's such a wuss in the beginning. She's hiding behind him. You know, she's like, you know, he's comforting her. She cries more, you know, it's, she's not a wuss, but she's definitely not the badass that she is in the other ones. Um, so you get to see her grow and, you know, and it's usually if he's in danger, you know, that she starts to have, you know, like, well, I need to do something or she jumps in the way or whatever. So you could see her grow from this wussy little teenager to like, you know, and since they're never separated, their powers actually come out sooner because they'd never break that bond. And, and, you know, they start slowly come out and then it was kind of funny and not planned. I thought about this after the story ended where, the characters like because of the time difference which you think again wouldn't matter but 10 years is a long time so there's enemies and redemption 
that are allies in the other one and there's allies in redemption that are enemies in the other one and it wasn't intentional it was just kind of the way it kind of played out um so when i got to the end of the book of the book five of the spinoff i hadn't come up with an idea yet and i usually don't even bother thinking about it so i sit down but at 2 a.m <laughs> i suddenly had this really awesome idea and i'm like should I get up and write it? I don't know if I should get up and write it. I'm going to go up and get up and write it. So I actually got up and write it and I wrote like 6,000 words. It was like this really cool story. And it was kind of like from the dream, but not from a dream. It was really weird. And then that was like the week of ideas because the next day I woke up and I added to it and I wound up being eight, eight point five thousand words for the ending. Um, and then the next day I had a, a dream vision, whatever of the series two start of chapter one. And I was like, I didn't even think of doing the series. two. I don't know what I was going to do. Um, so that was like the week of ideas. So it was like very awesome. <laughs> I was like, could you just do it at 2am? Like, is that so hard? To... And it was always on a day I'm working. So it's not like of I could wait, get up right all day. No, I have to do it now. Or you have to wait all day. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, and then by the end of the week, your brain is like jello and you're like, nobody talks to me because I will not make sense. Yeah. My mother <laughs> saw me in an interview and she's like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm just really tired. <laughs> like, really I will be. Yeah. I will be okay. I will be. I will be. Um, and in seven years when this series is done and the next one starts. Um, <laughs> just for me to start over and do it all over again. <laughs> start over again. Because it was so funny because my art, um, I might, I might have to wait for him to do it, but my artist is like, um, I was kind of joking. I was like, oh, it's too bad you can't do spinoff, you know, because I really love his art and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, why can't I do the spinoff? I was like, because this has 50 issues, <laughs> 50 issues. It's about seven years of work. And I'm already writing series two, which is 10 issues in. So by the time seven years go by, you'll have like series three. So um, you're probably stuck doing this for a while, um, but we'll we'll see how it goes. Right now, he has a hundred plus issues, depending on how it goes. But wow, yeah. that it's is crazy. wild! Like cr creators think I'm crazy. Like we have a really, really, really great indie community. You know, they support each other, they back each other. But I've only been doing this nine months, and these guys are almost a year, and these guys have been doing it for for I was gonna say centuries. That's a little exaggeration. They've been doing it for years. And now they're taking ideas that I came up with. Like now they have plushies, you know, um, they add like my tier for Kickstarters. A lot of people don't have issue one. They just have the current issue or a ketchup tier. And I'm like, for new people, I don't want them to buy, you know, seven issues if they don't know, um, which a lot do, which I'm like, that is awesome. Um, but I have like issue one. If you just want to buy issue one, you can buy issue one. Um, so they're, they're taking those ideas and, but yeah, so they, they're, they're very supportive and, and I'm very lucky to have them. Um, I've been made fun of, and again, in a nice way, I'll be on like an interview with like these creators and they said to one person, oh, you're an issue seven, you know, um, that's amazing. Most indies don't get to seven, you know, how long has it been? He said five years. And then they get to me and like, what issue are you on? And, and I think at that point it was like five and like, oh, how long have you been doing it? And I was like, five months. <laughs> like wait what so, um and i was like if you go into debt you too can have seven issues out um but yeah i mean like you said it, you you have to be passionate about it because mm -hmm. it's i work five times harder for this than the business i started so mm -hmm. it's like mm -hmm. i gotta work all the time it's ideas all the time i have to do the the scripts all the time and and i love it though and it's it never i i, I think i pretty much sleep breathe you know talk think dream you know, whatever, read, write, uh, everything for the story that you could possibly do. Um, I, I do it nonstop <laughs> 24 seven. 
like 24 seven. And I just like love it more and more. Like you think you get sick of it. Like I was actually worried, like if I do this, am I going to do it so much that I'm sick of it? Granted, it's only been a year. So I, get, I guess it could happen. But <laughs> every time, time. <laughs> this time, but uh, every time we're like, the, we can't possibly come up with another idea. We're like, oh, wait, <laughs> I got an idea. So like I said, I didn't even have an issue, um, a series two for the spinoff. And then I just, I already wrote now like two, three chapters in it because I had the idea and the dream and whatever. So no rest for the wicked, I tell you. <laughs> but you know, then that is the thing about when you find your passion, like you are willing to do whatever it takes. And and this is a conversation. It's so funny how it just keeps coming up, you know, that you know, the question that so many times we ask, you know, is it worth it? And in reality, the question is, you know, like, how badly do we want it? You know, and if you want it bad enough, it's worth it. Whatever it takes is going to be worth it. And I've had this conversation over and over and it just keeps I'm like, maybe this should be my mantra for the year. But that it's so true. And what an inspiration to be able to say, look, if you want it bad enough, it can happen. You can make it happen. Yeah. And I got lucky that my husband is super supportive. Um, yes. That makes a saying, go all out for two years. I was like, you were going to regret saying go all out for two years. I don't know if you can afford two years. <laughs> Um, but you know, I, and I even said it like it, I don't even need it to make money. I need it to pay for itself so that I can keep going. Um, and if I didn't buy so much merch, it would be kind of pay for itself. <laughs> so eventually, um, but like, I just need to pay my artist, you know, mm -hmm. and I want to eventually make more so I can pay him more. And he doesn't leave me for a less annoying person that probably won't drive him crazy. Um, but yeah, I just, that's all I, I just want these made. Like I have a business, you know, I, I have a job, um, but to see these done is just, even I said it to my husband, I was like, if these don't, you know, if I, if I never make any money, I still have them, you know, I have this out, I get to see it, especially the hardcover. Like I cannot wait to hold the hardcover in hand, like a hardcover or something to hold in your that's hand. That's where it's at. Yes. Excited. <laughs> Not excited to pay for it, but I'm super excited. You have to buy 500 at a time so it's yeah like, yeah so we're well, gonna find room to put those somewhere um but yeah storage unit <laughs> right so i'm gonna have to rent a house just for my my issues and all that stuff so that'll be fun and exciting yeah <laughs> what's one more thing do you, write, I mean... do you write too do you write Yes, uh, I have, I've published two books and I've got a third one that is currently in, in the beta read stage and hopefully um, publishing is February 1st. That's that's the hope for that one. So it's in all of the, the pre-publishing work. I've got my cover designer doing her thing and nice. which has been really fun. Like I, I, I loved hearing you talk about having your community of creators and, and indie artists and that kind of thing, because that's where it's at for me too, is, is having other people who want to invest in art and creativity as well. That's, that, that really helps, especially when it could be a very lonely job <laughs> because it's just me and my thoughts and my laptop, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And my thoughts are crazy half the time. Um, right. <laughs> you say uh, designing the cover because um, the funny story is when I realized that we could not print this, you know, because it, it couldn't, they'd have, they said you'd have to merge the the writing and we didn't want to ruin the story. It, it, it is what it is. And we didn't want to make a dime from it. We wanted it to be the left hole. So the whole thing that the comic book came about was when we were role-playing, we had actors in mind. So we had realistic, you know, images. So I was looking for an artist to do our characters and they were all cartoony. And I said to my co-writer, do you mind cartoony or should I get a portrait writer? You know, and then my co-writer was like, no, you know cartoony is fine I don't care and like a light bulb went out and I was like or went out that would be my luck that my light bulb would go out went on and and I said well if you don't mind cartoony we could do a comic book 
And then the famous words, how hard can it be popped out? And now here we are. So <laughs> but, I think yeah. I'm going to title this episode, how hard can it be? Like, yeah, I think that's what's going to be the title of this episode. Title. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because I have um, uh, a known thing that if I ever get 500 backers, I have to get my first tattoo of the logo. Like it's going to be the logo and they are going to pick which saying they're going to vote on which sayings go under it. And now I'm thinking that that should be the same. <laughs> How hard can it be? Um, so yeah, yeah. You're going to have to name it that now. That's no, that's it absolutely is because you know, it is hard. Like anytime you go chasing after a passion, it is hard because you have to put in your blood, your sweat, your tears, um, your energy, your time, your money. Like it's, it's all you, especially yeah. when you go the indie route and, uh, yeah, it gets real expensive sometimes just not just monetarily expensive like it costs you and so you have to ask yourself how hard can it be because I got to do it myself I can't afford to do anything else <laughs> can it be? um yeah uh, yeah uh it's pretty hard um but it, it, it's just you know it's so weird for me like ever since I was a kid I had this sounds really awful no ambitions like I had nothing everyone's like we want to be when you get older I was like I don't know like, I, I don't know. I have no idea. And then this kind of like fell into my lap. And I was like, it feels like it was meant to be. Like, I did not expect it. Everyone's like, oh, did you want to be a writer since you was young? I was like, I was dyslexic. I wanted to write a sentence and I would be thrilled. Like, I did not think that I would be a writer. I never wanted to be a writer. That sounds awful. I definitely never wanted to be like, I loved comic books in the 90s. I, I love Ghost Rider. And I, you know, it was really great. But it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to make some of these someday. Because these guys are like, these are like my dream. And I was like, my dream started three years ago. I started writing this story. <laughs> it was not intentional. But, but while it was going, it was like, it really felt like it was meant to be. So I can, I could do this all night. So we have this rat called Apollo. And I didn't know when I named him Apollo, I just wanted something unique on his face. So I was like, I'll put a sun on him and name him Apollo. Apparently, Apollo is the uh, Lord of Rodents, um, which I did not know. Okay. But it goes further. Okay. So not only that, um, the goddess that we chose for Serafina as her mom is Serona, who not only so Serafina fell as a fallen, fallen star. So Serona, which we didn't know, is a goddess of the falling star. And she is associated best friends with Apollo. So we made Apollo send the rat down to be her guardian in the prequel. And that's why. And then the spinoff. But like that was not planned. And when I say not plan, I mean, the story was already written and we're like, who should we do for this? And 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 it was just really weird. And like you said, Kismet is perfect. Um, yeah. But it's just so weird how the things just fit into place. Um, it's wild. Oh, well, and that just kind of goes to show you that, you know, sometimes our brains, they just kind of work around the universe and with the universe to... <laughs> just a little bit yeah. yeah it does like I've had arguments with the character in my head while I was writing like and there's one example that I always like to tell because it's really really weird and it's probably rubber room weird but um so I'm writing this story this scene in book five and they walk into a room oh she walks into a room and it's all dark pitch black and there's the, the floor is really a weird material and I don't even know where this is going when I'm writing it and I'm like this doesn't make any sense these things attached to her and they stick to her skin. There's like these weird wires. And I, and I, I literally remember thinking this does not make any sense. And I don't know where it's going and I need to start over. And my character's like, just keep writing. And I was like, this isn't going. And I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I smoked something I should have smoked. And I don't even smoke. And I did something. I ate some bad fruit or something. I don't know. So I'm writing the scene. And when it was over, I was like, 
that is the weirdest and coolest thing I've ever written. And I sent it to my co-writer and my co-writer is like, where the hell did you get that freaking idea? It's awesome. And I was like, I have no idea. Bad fruit. I don't know. Uh, but it's one of the cooler scenes that I have. And it was not planned at all. Like I, and I never planned as it is, but that was like beyond not planning. So um, we used to joke that the, we're just like the prophets and the characters are like in charge and like they lived in some other dimension and they're just using us as vessels to write their story. Uh, and then we feel even worse because they've gone through hell before we put them through and we're like, we're sorry. Like, I don't know. Are we creating the story or did you live it? And we're just writing it because if we created it, we're really sorry. Um, but yeah, we, we torture our characters. They go through so much stuff, but we figure as long as they're together, you know, they, they can't say anything. Yeah, right. that's absolutely right. Now, yeah, you break up the love story and you're going to have uh, probably a riot on your hands. So yeah. you have to keep the yeah. love story and, going. And <laughs> You know, and it's funny because at the end of, uh, it, you know, book five, there's a, um, uh, this, there's going to be this one little warning that says, if you, if you like the ending, don't read the rest. You know, it's like, don't just stop here. Happy ending. We're good to go. You know, not Walk happy, away. happy, but you know, happy. And then you read the epilogue and it leads into issue uh, series two. But it's like they get separated and he goes to hell and she gets, you know, they get all this stuff. So we're like, don't just stop reading right here. <laughs> just stop here. Um, but we we will always, spoiler alert, have them together. They cannot be separated and we can't separate them. Like we have these really hard scenes that we do sometimes where um, they have to do something really emotionally hard. You know, like we had one time where there had to be, and this was really hard. First of all, this is how horrible our characters are to us. They they will never let us kiss. They can't kiss anybody else. So like we were gonna have like a um a shapeshifter, and mm. have them and she has to see it. But no, they could not see it. We wound up doing it in a reality thing, so it was fake, but it was still harsh. Um, but we did this shapeshifter, and they could not kiss the other person. Um, and it was so harsh because this character that looks like the character is like telling off the other characters, like, oh, I never loved you. I lie when I didn't say it, blah, blah. And it's like, we're like, that's a heartbreaking. We're like, we have to fix it. We used to say that if we stop writing in, in the middle of it, you have to fix it. You have to finish writing the scene and fix it. So it, there was like one or, two, one or two times that my corridor could not write for like weeks. And I'm like, you have to fix it. Like you, my character is not happy. You have to fix it. So yeah, it's it's torturous sometimes. <laughs> it is, and it, what we put our characters through sometimes. Oh my goodness, yeah. I had um, my in in my first book. The first two books go together; they follow each other. And uh, the first book, I may have done away with a very main character. And even my dad called me when he read it and was like, "We need to talk." And I'm like, oh, what? "What? What? What?" You know? And he was like, "I'm reading, and I just <laughs> got to." And I was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." You know? And he was like bring him back and I said I I can't do that like the book is written at this point and so when I started book two he was like bring him back and I was like that's not how it works he's dead you know <laughs> like but, but it is what it is and honestly like I I cried the first time I wrote it and I cried the second third fourth 15th 50th time that I read it because they're part of you it just is what it is you're connected to those characters you're writing a story where there is a part where she dies and he has to fix it but we even knew it was going to be fixed and we cried reading it like we knew what was we had it planned and we're just like it my 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 card is like i need a minute like i need i'll get back i'm taking a break i need a minute I'm like i can't see the screen yes. i'm crying and i was like you know we know how it is she's like yep 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 just need a minute so yes Ooh. they're part of us and i can't believe you did that your father has every right to be pissed off <laughs> 
<laughs> Listen, okay, so I was in a Facebook group. This is just kind of a funny story. And uh, I was in a Facebook group. I was the author of the month or whatever. And uh, one of the girls in the group, she's like, I'm reading it and I just love him. He's just so sweet oh. and kind hearted. And I, t- I screenshotted it and sent it to my dad. And I said, should I tell her? And he said, let her find out the world sucks like the rest of us. You know, <laughs> and no one knows this unless they read the prequel. So poor Apollo here is in the prequel, but he's not in the redemption because he's killed right before you see the scene that you see. So, but he's in the spinoff. So we saved him in the spinoff and he, and, and is there's a part in there where you think he's dead too, but he's not, it was a trick. Like they switched him, but it was like, cannot kill the mouse twice. <laughs> you know, it's like, you can't kill that. And um, she has no pets in Redemption. And like the other one she has, the he- she gets the Hellhound in the spinoff. The- because, and it's so funny, it was again, not planned. And the-, the Hellhound in the Redemption was not in the novel. I added it because while I was writing the spinoff, I loved the Hellhound. I was like, well, now I got to add it to the other one. Um, but in the spinoff, she's like dragged to hell and by the father. And he says, you- he tells the Hellhounds, don't let her leave. So she's trapped by these hellhounds and this one hellhound comes up to her and licks her hand and she's like, are you tasting me or you want to be pet? I'm like, which which is it? And he wants to be pet. So she's like, all right. So then he's the one that protected her and, and all this stuff. Um, so I loved him so much that I had to put him in the spinoff. I mean, I had to put him in the redemption. So he wasn't in the novels, but I can't figure out how to get his name in redemption because in the spinoff, she names him um so i don't know i've never heard of this gem so you probably never heard of it and i'm probably saying it wrong but it's from what my understanding is like it's called crocolite or something like that and what it is it's this really gorgeous red gem but if you handle it too much it's it's poisonous and hellhounds are poisonous if they bite angels so she calls them croc for short um so it was i'm like well how do i get him her to name him that in in the spinoff because in the redemption she doesn't want anything to do with the hellhound or anubis um but eventually they do talk but i need to have her say say a joke or something somewhere in book two where she's like oh that thing's like crocolite or something um just to get the name out there um because i've been calling him croc and nobody knows what the hell i'm talking about um and they're just like oh is this like part crocodile i was like no <laughs> but i was trying to find something because he's red and gorgeous i was like what would she name him like what would you name him uh, and then when I found out that this gem is toxic, if you hold it too long, I was like, oh, well, yeah, it's got to be that. Um, Perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. Right. I hate naming things. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I mean, that is so hard. I was talking to somebody uh, last week, I guess, and we were talking about naming characters. And I'm like, I keep using this. I want to use the same four names. Like they're the ones that pop into my head. And I'm like, I can't name them that. I've already got it. That's a whole different book. You know, I hate it Our too. worst ones is they always have the same first initial. We're like, stop using the A or stop using S or D. Like, just stop. We have like four S's and four D. Like, stop using the same four. So it, we were, we're trying. And then when we were trying, we actually wound up naming it the same initial that we weren't using before. So, uh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, and Seraphina's name is actually a kind of um, a hint towards, I don't know if you know, a seraphin, seraphin which is yeah. the highest angel. So she's Seraphina, mm-hmm. which is... Uh, the the you know a hint that she's more powerful than than they let on but it's so funny because we started this a motif i guess you want to say where and i don't know why it started or how it started but um she you no one else can call her sierra but draven so the joke is like in every book somebody sometime calls her sierra and draven yells at them as a seraphina like it's just like it'll be like at the worst time like in one of the books they were like literally being tortured 
and he, they, he, he's like half dead and he's like it's Serafina and they're like priorities Draven he's like it's Serafina so like it's just like this whole thing that he has to do I don't know where it came from but there it is so I like those kinds of things that, that run all the way through yeah I like, I like the motif like like uh in every uh book he at least calls her a pain in the ass at least once um and it's a joke from the prequel because she's like I don't mean to be a pain in the ass or anything and he's like well you're my pain in the ass so. you are yeah that's yeah. oh yes exactly <laughs> yeah. so he says it all the time he's like well I told you you'd be a pain in my ass or something and, and yeah so but that's yeah I love funny. those things I love when you can read it and you can connect it to something you read you know like you know a real fan when they read it in five is going to know that when it would happen in one and and all this stuff and um I I love those little those little hints and stuff in there and yeah. oh yeah no it builds a connection it builds a connection to the story between the story and the reader yeah no I I agree yeah um so at, let's let's kind of move toward let's talk about kickstarter real quick how did you land on using that because I have seen it a lot of indie authors are now using kickstarter to launch their books because there are you know you've got your editing costs and your printing costs and all that stuff and so um I never would have thought of using kickstarter to launch a book but here it's a big deal, especially in, I think in, in the comic book world and, and, and those kinds of things, I see it more often, but it's becoming more popular. How did you land on it? So the funny thing was when I first started this, I, again, was as dumb as you can be for it, you know, and someone's like, oh, you should try Kickstarter for it. And I was like, you can use Kickstarter for comics. Like, I'm thinking you're like, these are like, you know, you have like some disease or something and right. You know, or, um, or, you know, you have this amazing device you want. Like, I did not think about comics. I was like, are you sure? And yeah, there's a ton. There's a ton. So um, I did it the first time with like no knowledge of it whatsoever. And I brought in, which was fine because I was thrilled nonetheless. I brought in like 900 bucks. But I was like, I had no idea. I didn't do, I didn't do any interviews. Um, I didn't know anybody. This was literally just my clients and my family, <laughs> like nobody else. Um, but then I started learning from other people. You got to do this, you got to do that. And when I first started, and again, there's, there's nothing wrong with, you know, being a girl in horror, but I thought there might be, I thought it might be like, she's a girl. What does she know? Especially since it's got the undertones of love in it. I was like, they're not going to read this. Um, so I didn't say what I was in the beginning when I was on Twitter or whatever it is now. Um, and so I got called bro a lot and son, which is the, the son one was weird. I don't mind bro and dude. They're, they're fine. Son was a little weird. Like, even if it was a male, why are you calling me son? Um, but so I didn't tell anybody. And so I didn't do videos. Of course, I didn't do any of those things. And then I met the cowboys and zombies chick, uh, Lori. Um, and <laughs> she is this badass girl in horror comics. And I was like, so it's a thing. And she's like, oh, yeah, it's a thing. Um, so she's the one that kind of pulled me out and said, you have to do interviews. And I was like, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel comfortable on interviews. This is like my hundredth and twelfth now from now. Nice. Um, but so I'm a little, a little more comfortable doing it. I still ramble like an idiot, but I feel better doing it. Um, but, uh, it, I didn't know how it would be received. And I have to say, I, there is only like three girls that I know that do this, um, but, uh, there's so many men that are, that do this, um, and I, I thought that it wouldn't be like, you know, they'd just be like, oh, the big boys club or whatever, but they're actually incredibly supportive, um, you know, and they kind of, they, they help promote, I think, I think out of all the men I know, and there's a ton, I think there's only been two that have been like condescending and I don't think they meant to be, but they, you know, they didn't, but like, I don't mind advice, but they're so mean when they kind of do. And again, I don't think they mean to, 
but they're just like, oh, this is the, you know, your Kickstarter. When I first did the Kickstarter, like this is the worst Kickstarter I've ever seen. You got to have, you know, uh, not all these words first. You have to have the pictures first. And I was like, I'm sorry, you're illiterate and you can't read. I don't know what to tell you. Um, so like those two guys, like I said, they meant well, but I, yeah. And again, I love advice. I mean, I was new, right. but there's ways to give advice. Yeah. And there's ways to not give advice. Um, especially not on the air <laughs> in mm. front of people with other, with other uh, guests there. Yeah. But he's since made up for it by stroking my ego and saying, I'm good at stuff. So fine, whatever. But you know, when it happened, it was kind of like, why are we doing this? And my yeah. friend Lauren called him out on it. She's like, uh, she didn't ask for you to mansplain things and you didn't do that to the men's Kickstarter and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, but as far as like men in it, they are all amazing. Like they, they are just very supportive and um, they treat you like one of their own. And, and I got really lucky because I really do love the indie community. And um, someone once asked me, I think it was my in-laws were like, don't, don't you feel like there's a lot of competition? I was like, no, cause they're all supportive. Like we all back each other, you know? Um, and so we're there to, you know, help the other person and to share the, the mm -hmm. link and stuff. And, and I probably wouldn't have as many followers as I do without them. Um, so it might be pity fines. I don't care, but it, <laughs> it works out really well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So your Kickstarter, it starts October, what? Yeah. October, so 3rd. October 3rd to Halloween. So Halloween ends because the, the very first Kickstarter I ever had started Halloween. So we're okay. ending it. So it starts October 3rd. So that's this week. And uh, so we can head over to Kickstarter. <laughs> so we'll head over to Kickstarter this week and make sure that we are like biggest package available. All of us. That's what we need, right? <laughs> all the plushies. You need all the things. Um, and we have a ton of things. You know, uh, the plushy hellhounds are going to be new this time. Um, we still have the skeleton birds and we have Anubis, um, if he's still available. We'll um, we only have two left of Anubis. We have two left of the skeleton birds. One left of the zombie merman. Um, our little uh, petticoat, who's not even in the story yet, but I was making the other ones. I was like, well, I have to make him too. Um, so we only have one of him. Um, but we also have um, handmade statues. Um, we have a new one, uh, hopefully for this one. Um, and it's going to be Anubis with the Hellhound. So um, one's for me, of course. <laughs> of course. I have to test. I have to test all the statues and merchandise. Obviously. <laughs> it's so funny because I had somebody the other day to be like, you're super new. Why would you buy all this merch? It's like, I wanted it. And now it's tax deductible. <laughs> That's right. Why do I do anything? Why do I do anything? It's because I wanted it. I even said, like, if I was absolutely rich, I would just release these for free. Like, I just want everyone to read them and I want to read it. And that's pretty much all there is to it. Um, but yeah, all the merch is mine. So <laughs> that's fabulous. I love it. Uh, what else? What else do you want us to know? What else do you want to talk about? Uh, I want to know if you're going to do a Kickstarter for your next book. Okay. <laughs> I'll help you See, do it. Hey, I'm in. Let's let's yeah. figure that out. I'm kind of a struggle. Like I did. So my very first book, it was just like me and TikTok and Facebook, and we got along just fine. It was whatever. <laughs> um, growing pains out the wazoo. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, yes, I'm still and, growing and I'm still painting. Yeah, <laughs> right. And like I don't know what I didn't. I, I still don't know everything that I'm supposed to do. But I I was like you know, Google was my friend and <laughs> some blog posts. And yeah, I was just like, how do I, how hard can it be? How hard can it be? So, yeah. That's so, you know, I kind of, story, yeah. yes. And I just kind of stumbled my way through it and was like, okay. And, and it did fine. Uh, book two, I was a little more prepared. Um, one, I kind of, I, I was more 
focused on what can I add along with it with in, in book two it's a story of there's um, a message of hope and family kind of thing like the you know there's a, a big focus on foster care and adoption and family and so I alongside that was like we're supporting a local uh, foster care or a national foster care community nice. kind of thing you know it's just like yeah, there's something it's something that encourages people so and, and that's it's been a huge part of our whole our family and our lives yeah. and uh, my whole awesome. my whole life and so yeah and so it was just kind of one of those causes that I was connected to personally and so yeah. that also kind of helped but I did pre-orders this go around and it was it was better um, but it's still hard because you're like you know what what is it that people actually want what is it they want to connect with you know do they want you know more than a bookmark or do they want because it's not nearly as splashy as a comic book right like so <laughs> a lot harder like I have to say because my artist says all oh, your stories why they come I was like no they come for the art they stay for the story so I need the art um but yeah you know what you could do is you could do even though you already released it do a kickstarter for book one and just start with book one. just the, I tell this to everybody you literally have nothing to lose like you have nothing That's to true. lose kickstarter does not cost anything if you literally raise like five bucks you got five bucks there's literally no reason to not do it um the the rewards is tougher like what would you do um obviously uh plushies but i mean you know um <laughs> but like i do prints and stuff but it is it's a lot easier for comic books it's like you know i have uh shirts and stuff and and, and all that stuff but i've seen novels do really well too so you know um but yeah you have nothing to lose so and you already That's have a fan true. base i'm still growing that fan base i'm still trying to make them a totally absolutely a addictively obsessed to it like me so one day <laughs> right right that's what and that's what I keep telling myself I'm like I, th we're two and a half years in right like one day one day it will be there it will happen um and I'm just waiting for it I think one of the things that um, I have looked into Kickstarter for um is affording a screenwriter um mm -hmm. I had a screenwriter approach me about turning book one into a tv series and like that that costs time and money right like that's one I can't write my own script like there's it's a totally different form of writing that is <laughs> you know it's not like a novel well, you I know can, I can do the script one um but I can't do the novel one so I, I absolutely yeah it's different yeah, yeah. like it's so different and, and my husband was like why don't you just write your own and I just kind of laughed I was like that's cute you know <laughs> yeah, I love that you have that kind of faith in me but sure it's called how hard can it be so like that's that's what we do. Um, but so yeah, maybe we'll just rename the whole podcast and we'll just co-host it together. How hard can it be? How hard can it be? I am perfectly fine with that. You know, we can uh, promote other people's stuff while we promote our own stuff. Um, how hard can it be? How hard can it be? It, it, yeah, it's yeah. So let let's go back and make sure that everybody knows how to connect with you and yeah, your work. Show people <laughs> same show. No, still here. Um, yeah. So uh, side note, I have a live Kickstarter. I have a comic book. Um, it is a Romeo and Juliet uh, in hell story. Um, and um, we have our strong men and uh, strong women and they rescue each other all the time. In fact, he gets taken in issue five, uh, issue six. So um, she does have to go rescue him. So, you know, um, but yeah, go to my Kickstarter, go to Kickstarter and search Worthy Chaos. And then uh, also we're on Twit X, whatever the hell it's called. It's <laughs> like a porn site. But whatever. Um, <laughs> Twitter X, formerly known as Twitter, I think. Yeah, is yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like that. Uh, we have 5.3 uh, thousand followers on there. 
Um, I'm pretty sure that only the same 20 people retweet my stuff, but you know, whatever. Um, we have a Facebook following of 5,000 and we have a Facebook group of about 700 where, which by the way, you're welcome to join. You can post your yeah. podcast. You can post your, um, we're very uh, like community orientated. So like people nice. can um, post their Kickstarter links or they can post their commissions if they're artists or, or whatever you want. So we're very friendly and just post away. And I know that's looked frowned upon in other groups. Because I always hear, are you sure? And I was like, no, I'm just messing with you to see if you'll do it. Yes. <laughs> Let's see how far you will go. Um, but yeah, so, you know, and we're very like to support each other. That's that's the community that we live in. And, and um, yeah, if any new people are watching and they want to start writing a book or a comic, you can connect one of us and we will show you what not to do because I know all those, uh, <laughs> right? So what not to do and how hard can it be is all going to be there. So <laughs> But yeah, I, I really appreciate you having me on. I'm I'm sorry about the, uh, you know, tangents we went on, but yeah. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we're going to have a whole other show and like, you know, copyrighted. So. <laughs> I'm so, seriously, like, I, I think there are a lot of big topics that we covered that had to do with art, that had nothing to do with art. Yeah. And yet somehow it all came back together. You so know, I, it's been a very famous thing that I used to do where we will talk for like two hours and then we'll be like, how did we get on this topic? And we have to trace back. How, what we talked about that went into that little rabbit hole that went out the other side and became whatever the heck. Yeah, we could trace it back. We're all connected people. We're all connected. That's yeah. right. That's absolutely Ow, right. <laughs> we got to that topic and uh, we'll probably do it again. So um, but, I hope yeah. so. I really do hope so. But yeah. thank you so much for hanging out and having the the main conversation. And, <laughs> and thanks for the tangents too, because I, I mean, I'm here for it. Anytime, man. I love, I obviously love the talk. So <laughs> There's, there's that works no, out good on a podcast. <laughs> I, I used to think that was a horrible thing to ramble, and all the podcasters are like, uh, the more you talk, the less we have to come up with something to say. So, oh, then I am your I am definitely your your guest. I am I'm good to go. You're in the right place. No, I'll I'll come back on and talk about nothing or something or anything. And and all three, all three at once. I could I have that ability to talk about all three at once. So I love it. Though you make my job easy. Well, everything will be in the show notes, and so everybody will be able to find you. Uh, as far as I know, the Kickstarter launched yesterday, <laughs> so it will be here until Halloween. Yep. And uh, if that changes, then you will find that in the show notes as well. Perfect. Perfect. I love it. <laughs>